Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, there's an old saying about the Irish never forgetting their history and the British not remembering theirs. So the comedian Oliver Callan decided to discover if that's true. His new podcast for BBC Sounds is called In Bits, Killing Leprechauns, in which he asks a selection of British comedians what they know. Oliver, good afternoon. Uh, Good afternoon, Anna. Can I say, I'll do a minister's thing where I go, what a great honour it is to be here. (laughs) Because I haven't been on News Talk and I was thinking about it on the way in. Have you never been on News Talk? 2015. Okay, right. I was here with Pat. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, he's still here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, well, um, you know, I slagged off the previous owner, and um, uh, probably not a oh, good time to bring that up. Oh my God! Sorry, <laughs> Sarah, don't take me off. Oh no, it's fine. <laughs> Say what you like now. <laughs> yeah, well, great, within great litigious reason, of course. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you're know paying what... the bill if that happens. Uh, so, well, like, why comedians did you decide to interrogate well, about this? Yeah, because I think comedians are, um, you know, they consume a lot of media. Well, they're supposed to anyway, mm. and you're trying to. Com- Comedy is all about getting that kind of familiarity with your audience, and if you're getting a British comedian and they're speaking to British people you have to kind of wonder about their topics and so on how much they'll know about Ireland because they're going to want to find something that's familiar among the audience and they're not talking about Ireland and Irishness then I think they're, they're a good kind of like a measure um, you know an indication I think of where the, the Brits are I mean I yeah. think we all assume in Ireland they don't really give a toss about us or know much about us so, yeah. <laughs> But there would, be, there would be plenty of British comedians who come here regularly who would presumably know something Yeah but they Ireland. kind of come uh, from a point of view of oh isn't it everything you know so different (laughs) I've just discovered this thing and they all go Tato expecting an audience cheer because they've just learned it an hour ago or so on no more so than you know Darrow Breen and a lot of his early material in England was all about how look at us we're Irish you know nothing about us for example you know we have different our fathers between the Catholics and Protestants and all that kind of thing but I mean I suppose the premise of it is they should know a little bit more about us and uh, they don't considering you know it's not it's not a reciprocal relationship No it's not but why should they? Well, because they're, they're much they're, bigger they're, than us. Yeah, yeah they've conquered so many countries yeah, that they have tiny, to know about tiny, all of them. The remnants of their empire is basically, you know, Great Britain and a lump of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're non-stop talking about, you know, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. They know nothing about Northern Ireland and they know nothing about the island in general. And I always think it's kind of, it must be, I think particularly Londoners are perplexed by uh, Northern Unionism. And no more so when you particularly bring, you know, if you try to spend Ulster Bank sterling in London or there's Bank of Ireland sterling yeah, as yeah. well and there's no sign of a monarch on those notes. And and they refuse it in pubs in London. They look at it and they call over the manager. And I, I think everyone who's been with uh, Northern Sterling must have, must have had that experience. In fact, some, one of the comedians who had got sterling from Belfast has had it for a couple of years and is unable to spend it. <laughs> uh, mind you, the Scots do have that complaint as Same well. thing, that's true. Same thing, yeah. it might be just a London bubble. But um, no, I think it was good to chat to comedians. To, it was indicative of what the, the, the Brits' general knowledge of Ireland, which was even less than I had expected. To be oh, honest. really? Yeah. Now, I'm coming to them as a comedian they've never heard of mm. and saying, look at us, we're Irish, we know everything about you, we consume, and I think quite unselfconsciously we consume a lot of British media and sport and culture and, uh, you know, it clashes somewhat with our version of ourselves when we go abroad. You know, go, oh, we all hate the English, of yeah. course. <laughs> we know nothing about them. We've no interest in the royal family. Yeah, well, but did you have expectations as to what they might know, even in, you know, the sketchiest terms? Yeah, well, they're kind of, we went for up and coming comedians, obviously, because they're, they're quite easy to get. <laughs> easy to pray. For someone who isn't, uh, who isn't known to them at all. Uh, so I would have expected, you know, the Xennials, millennial generation would know about our social reforms or at least know that Ireland has kind of become a, kind of a cooler little mm. uh, baby cousin in the meantime. Uh, but they'd 
no clue. They had no clue about uh, equal marriage. They vaguely knew about the abortion thing that happened because that made um, waves around the place and it's probably more recent. But uh, they'd never heard of Leo Varadkar, which I thought, like, for six years we've been discussing, you know, the Brits kind of hammering us over Brexit and the to and fro and the fact yeah, that yeah. I would have thought they None would None of these people were Daily Mail readers. He was yeah. in that every day. And he was kind of been hammered uh, by yeah. the Daily Express, I think. But mm. then again, you kind of, uh, maybe there's not very many readers of the Daily Express after all. <laughs> Although it is one of their top five um, circulated print editions anyway. I uh, got the terrible research I've done, the things I can't <laughs> unlearn from this, doing this show. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised by the fact that, you know, they were surprised to hear we are the youngest population in Europe, that we're kind of like a forward thinking country, I think, a lot. You know, there's like, you know, you've got all this nostalgia, faux nostalgic nationalism sweeping the world. And although, you know, we are, we've had nationalism to the fore of our own history, but it's a very, dip, like, I don't think any anyone could accuse Irish nationalism of wanting to hark back to some glorious past mm. because our past is completely miserable. <laughs> So I was quite interested in that and, and a completely no understanding of the Irish diaspora, which again, it was uh, something I discovered because obviously with that's navel gazing in our part. We think the whole world knows someone who's Irish or, uh, or that we've spread so far around the world. So, you know, there's quite a good deal of Irishness in Britain. I think that 10% of their population have either an Irish grandparent or parent, which is mm. a good six to seven million people. And there's um, 650,000 people living there now who were born in the Republic. Obviously, we don't have a figure for Northern Ireland because they consider it all the one jurisdiction. But there's a large number of people over there and no real kind of understanding of uh, the extent of Irish emigration around the world in Australia and particularly in America. You know, when I say Joe Biden considered himself to be, you know, half Irish nearly, Mm. as Irish as he's American, they were like, what? Joe Biden claims he's Irish. It was completely uh, total obliviousness to that that kind of uh, and uh, JFK and all that kind of uh, Irish America that we've been thumping our chests about all these years. But did you get a sense that these people maybe don't know that much about the outside world at all? (laughs) Well... You know, they, I don't think, no, they are comedians, so they yeah. do have the kind of general perception. <laughs> I'm really standing from comedians here. No, no, I think your this premise might be faulty there, Comedians are leading a war in Ukraine, for goodness sake. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's quite possible. But again, the comedians, it's also comedy helps having those awkward conversations of, you know, you can move swiftly from the famine, Cromwell, to the snack box. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is the, this is the kind of uh, method of teaching history to the world we should use is, is through comedy. Um, but no, we're high highlighting the fact they know nothing about us. They never will. But we are we will continue to be obsessed with them. Is it their fault, though, in the sense, because they're not taught that much about us, really? <laughs> no, they, and that's pointed out. And in fairness, some of them did say that, going, we know nothing about this. I mean, they're only kind of laterally in their college years and beyond learning about the famines uh, that were caused by the British in India, mm. uh, which kind of, you know, dwarf our own uh, pretty massive famine here, because you're talking about millions of people in uh, famine and Churchill is involved in some of them and so on. Um, so they're, they, they have this kind of and this is conversations happening in Britain as we know if you're reading the left-wing press that they're kind of having trying to revise their own history so obviously we're not going to feature very strongly in there and as it turns out even if they do revise all of their history we're going to be kind of low down the pecking order I'd imagine Yeah, did any of them know what the protocol was? The, pr- the protocol? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Brexit didn't even come up all that much and again I think this is a conversation we, we've we had about oh, they must know more about us because they've been talking about the Irish border for so mm. long but because they're talking about it it doesn't really improve Prove their understanding of the actual issue because it it always has come back to oh it's Brussels you know trying to trying to stop us from uh, going to our sunlit uplands of uh, a free independent uh, United Kingdom yeah. as opposed to oh we must understand at that border and how it affects people over there in that strange land. They because I, I remember years 
ago when I was living in London and I had a, a stand-up brow, but a, a, a severe disagreement with a fellow at work who, who insisted that on his passport it said the Great Britain, uh, the Great United Kingdom of Britain and Ireland, rather Northern Ireland. <laughs> so I said, right, tomorrow you bring in your passport and tomorrow I'll bring in my passport. Now, he didn't because he went home, looked at it and said, ah, feck. Uh, I know he didn't say that probably, but, uh, w- but when he came in the next, he said, ah, yeah, but you know what I mean? In a kind of a way that like, the Irish are really British. It's kind of the yeah. same thing. Did yeah. you kind of get that sense from some of them? Uh, no, they didn't go that way. And again, comedians do tend to kind of go a little bit left. So they kind of view Ireland as being yeah. the kind of cooler cousin like New Zealand is to Australia and Canada is to yeah. America. So they're complimentary from that point of view. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have th- those attitudes do exist, you know, that we and we, we can see it ourselves when we go abroad because, you know, if you go to America and people say, oh, are you British? Because they are speaking English with an accent. They don't. They can't detect. <laughs> and you go, no, we're Irish. And you get slightly angry about it. I mean, it doesn't really improve <laughs> their understanding <laughs> and they don't really want to know they're going oh that's all very complicated what's happening there and you might get the odd person who will say are you from the British part of Ireland or from the, the Irish part Okay, and you're going okay fair enough you know that's certainly a bit of an improvement but um, yeah we're constantly explaining ourselves isn't that what kind of drives us mad but then we do play up to the to the, to the leprechauns and the stereotype when we go abroad particularly yeah, around it, St. Patrick's Day I know it, like it's a bit of a small country syndrome that you, you know you go to these larger countries and there's I've been in bits of the United States where uh, people said, are you Australian? And, yeah, I, and yeah. I said, no, I'm from Ireland. And they didn't know where it's I good. was talking about. <laughs> they thought Irish was you were a cop in Brooklyn. They thought yeah, that's yeah. all that meant, <laughs> you know, <laughs> rather than it was an actual country. Yeah, but when I point out to some of them that, you know, our experience with Britain, you know, paying lots of attention and not getting much in return is quite similar to their relationship with America. Where again, <laughs> they're slightly obsessed with Americans and the Americans really don't, even Stephen Colbert, like big comedians on late night talk shows, if, if there's a story about Boris Johnson or, you know, uh, in England or the UK they just go straight to tea with the Queen yeah. <laughs> like really, really naff that's, that's the equivalent of shamrocks and shillelaghs and leprechauns but I don't think the British believe that perception I think they, they they see themselves as equal to America in so many ways that isn't reciprocated so even when you're trying to explain small country syndrome in a way and, and like we're, we're, not, we're next door <laughs> like, we are next door as I said they claim a, a lump of the country uh, as their own so they bloody should know a lot more about us so yeah, they, who they turns are, out they don't well, I mean, I suppose there's another thing there in that Britain isn't a large country anymore. It's at no. best a middle-sized country yeah. that is maybe perhaps gradually coming to terms with the fact that, oh, yeah, we are really a middle-sized isn't it country. The, is, it the Junk, is it Junker that said the EU is just a load of uh, nations where, you know, it's small countries, two types of countries, small countries and then countries that don't realise they're small countries yes. yet. <laughs> Which is, you know, is the definition of that kind of sense. But you see, they have this superiority um, complex through history mm. that we just do not have. We have the exact opposite. We, yes, the inferiority uh, complex. We go abroad history. and we talk about how much of a kip we are. We come home and we tell people how much of a kip we are because they've been abroad. <laughs> should, we, should we not get over... Well, I mean, there's a couple of things well, there. That's the kind we, of the, we need to get over the ourselves. Of the podcast yeah. is we, can't, we will never get over the British. Yeah. We will never get over. Plus also, like, we're, we're so... <laughs> Even that when people would say something that's really Irish, as you know, as a negative uh, indicator, yeah, yeah. that I don't know why we're so down on ourselves all the time. But, you know, there are obviously problems, but because we consider ourselves the most put upon country in the world, <laughs> I mean, again, we, we kind of go, no, we're the we've been the most invaded, attacked, uh, famine, and everything like that, and we kind of ignore the uh, the other things are too far in history to consider. You know, no, but I'm, I suppose what I mean is that that attitude that that uh, we can't do anything right in this country, everything's a mess, almost. Kind 
kind of implies if the Brits were in charge. Yeah, and we do sometimes go, <coughs> look how quickly they dispatch with that minister. Do you know, he, he's mm. been resigned. They got rid of Boris Johnson. <laughs> quite often. And we go, look at our lot. It takes forever. Um, where does that come from? I mean, it's, it's just kind of... Uh, um, a real, it, there is a feeling because we've based so much of our state on kind of like it's a quasi-British because that's the kind of template that was there you know with the state broadcasters the court system mm. you know uh, the police being unarmed and so on it is kind of a, a very Irish version you know, <laughs> Aldi Midland version of what the British <laughs> set out to achieve which is why I think we get very excited when we um, kind of point ha ha look at Sterling crashing to the floor and like people are kind of skipping around going ha ha it's all coming apart while also at the back of their minds realising oh god they won't buy many of our sausages now no they won't no, no we really need them to get yeah. those uh, rashers and pork chops yeah well, see but an interesting thing from that is by it, the way it, uh, just a side note obliviousness to the fact that their top brand of sausages Richmond's made by Kerry Foods really yeah, yeah. well done Kerry Foods god help you for the future <laughs> and, going the radio, and this is the thing I only realised recently is Robert's Radio I have like loads of them uh, and I give them as yeah. gifts because they are the best radio but I kind of do it quietly thinking oh it's such a oh, such a quintessential British brand has got four royal warrants or something owned by a family from Dundalk so off really? you go and give our Roberts Radio and remind the Brits it's, it's Irish it's there you go Irish reverse brand. imperialism at work there uh, <laughs> did the whole um experience of this did you find it a bit depressing a bit depressing because like part of it is you know there's frosty relationships between the establishments the governments and so on but the Irish and English uh, and Irish and British get on really really well Do you mm. know, almost makes a mockery of the relationships between I think even uh, people in the Republic and people in Northern Ireland where we other the North all the time Yeah, and um, uh, it, it, I wanted to educate them on how kind of you know pretty cool Ireland is you know youngest population there are issues that we have domestically which we don't talk about abroad because you don't <laughs> rubbish yourself no. housing, health and yeah. all those small matters. Um, uh, but we wanted them to kind of know because there's stuff they could learn if they understood that, you know, nationalism can look forward and not actually imagining this glorious past and trying to go back to, you know, a kind of an ugly version of England. Uh, then I think it might help them along, you know, but they're just, they're refusing to look in that direction. So, I mean, it, it was mostly to have a bit of crack, but I think people will somewhat be educated. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, your British <laughs> listeners will be educated. Uh, I, I think many Irish listeners might. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, <laughs> or, 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 he's making or, a show of us. Yeah, I've had a few uh, of that. I've had a bit uh, of that. Uh, so uh, the, uh, you're getting married next month, is it? Um, yeah, God, it is. It's next month. Yeah, yeah. in October. And this is after tomorrow. Two, this was pandemic did for that. Yeah. So we got engaged. Was it 2018? So that's four years ago. And then we kind of delayed. We were yeah, we were planning 2020, and obviously that's been put off. And it was 2021. And at one stage we said, look, we don't want to be getting married in masks and six people. Mm. And uh, uh, because we'd already paid for most of it, as you do, (laughs) we would have loved a small wedding. We actually went out to have a very small wedding, but we've negotiated it down anyway. And that's a a Halloween, the the bank holiday weekend. So um, okay, that's interesting. I'm I'm looking. Was that deliberate, the Halloween thing? Yeah, we've always loved Halloween, and we didn't want to go for a a summer wedding because people panic in Ireland about the weather. And oh, that's all discussed for the first five hours of the of the fifteen hour wedding. It's like, oh, it's a pity it wasn't a good day, or isn't it great they got a good day? So we said, look, we do it on Halloween. We expect it to be vaguely windy rainy all the time light up the fires there in Castle Leslie and we'll have a lovely time okay I love it Castle love Leslie October. lovely Very it's nice. in Monaghan my native Monaghan yeah it's kind of compulsory are, are you traditionalists or, or what we are you <laughs> going it? in this uh, well it's a gay wedding so yeah. well I'm not traditional <laughs> <laughs> well okay I wasn't assuming, <laughs> wasn't assuming a bishop was doing it but, uh, <laughs> but uh, is either of you a bridezilla 
Uh, well, there'd be groomzillas. Now, you'd be surprised yes, the amount of, kind yes, of point, as they yeah. call them, suppliers of weddings yeah. who are asking us to fill in forms going, how many in the bridal party? And are you going to, you know, <laughs> will there be flowers for the bridal? <laughs> well, there will be no brides for starters. Uh, no, well, I mean, we've tried to to create, because it's obviously a civil ceremony and I like the legal thing. You know, I always find a little bit of a damp squib if someone says, oh, by the way, we got married last week. We signed the thing and yeah. it's kind of all done. Yeah, yeah. Although technically you're not, Actually married until the form you sign on the day is received in the uh, lovely little office we went to in Dundalk, uh, where the man with the diamond jumper was like really delighted to kind of show how completely cool he was. (laughs) (laughs) While it's in the same space as someone on the phone was uh, going doing a death certificate because weddings, births and deaths are all this. So it's kind of a a good old life lesson. Yeah. And all the various connections and relationships that you can't get married and it Mm. gets very confusing, you know, grandparent, cousin, third removed and everything together. So do you get married in Castle Leslie but then you have to Thing. Yeah, it's legal. a legal ceremony they have to put a notice on the door there's all these kind of oh. interesting things and a celebrant has to say and incidentally you can only get married if you want to just a basic HSE civil servant to do it it has been you know Monday to Friday nine to five sort of thing but if you're doing it on the weekend you can only go to uh, a spiritualist or humanist, humanist yeah. uh, thing which is humanist is the most but it still sounds vaguely druidy doesn't yeah. it <laughs> 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 can we have the most you know nothing <laughs> ceremony but you know and, and we've got a lovely one who's going to do it and it's going to be nice and quick and plus we could do it kind of later in the afternoon none of the 1pm in the church which is really half one and, and then, then driving, yeah, uh, driving for an hour the, place. the drinks reception begins immediately yeah. once we uh, sign the thing and um um, put on our well we have the rings already because it was yeah. kind of the engagement so, like are we so. talking big wedding here no it's just, like it's a small very small close knit family and friends yeah <laughs> you want an exact figure don't big you? country wedding that's that's, that's yeah, what I thought yeah, that's a, yeah. I, 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 trad is, seems to be banned at the moment but yeah. we're negotiating that there's still a month I do you, will you have a cake because people it's a fashion oh, that's thing that's a really apparently. good question because um, some, people oh, are going God. for cheese and stuff now rather than cake. I know we had no cake up until um until about a week ago, to be honest, and now there's 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 a cake happening. Because yeah. if you go in to buy a cake, you know, if you have a budget to buy a cake on a regular weekend, and you say, I'm going to spend 200 euro on, on cake, you expect a fair a, amount a of cake. cake. yeah. And you will have a fair amount of cake. But if you mention wedding, then suddenly the <laughs> 200 quid is like, you know, a, is, a, is, a, is a bun. Yeah, and it's the size of a Christmas tree and, and not even a quarter of it that's <laughs> eaten. And then people are bringing so it home to people video. until it goes stiff and they're in their... Yeah. Well, that's great. I didn't discuss it with John before I come in, so yeah. I, I, I feel I can't give any more details. On now, the I can uh, is the, uh, the podcast on BBC Sounds. Can it's we access said, that? We can get that. Yeah, oh, online BBC iPlayer. It's a f- completely available here. Um, because I don't know why that is. is it, yeah, well, no, it's, it's can't just look just at their completely. On, I know. On, yeah, unless you have one of those. Dodgy well, things. we wouldn't need to because the RT player is such an amazing oh, and uh, yeah. from a fantastic organisation. Yes. And I mean, just last night I was watching an hour of a rolling VHI ad with the dancing nurse. It was fantastic. <laughs> you know, well worth <laughs> seeing every, again and again and again. Yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, Callan's Cakes is coming back very soon. Uh, Callan's well. Cakes is back this day week. So yeah. this time next week, I'll be f- um, f- filing off the last bit of it. Can't wait, it's going to be cool. Really yeah. excited about it. And it's nice to be here in um, news, news crap. Yeah. Uh, T-shirt, it was lovely to have you Thank in. You That's very just much. for people who just tuned in. Uh, uh, for the Brits <laughs> listening in. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They we'll still won't know who that was. Yeah. Still the T-shirt, by the way, going forward. Thanks in terms of... I'm um, grateful of your pop tunes, by the way. Everybody thank you. Thank, yeah, thank you. You're not getting that at all, I'd say. It's not torturing your life at all going forward in terms of... I'm from Cork. It's called In Bits, Killing Leprechauns is on BBC Sounds. Oliver Callan is the host of that. Oliver, thanks a million for coming in. And it's, it's actually called Killing Leprechauns and the section is In Bits. In Bits is a section on the comedy side. Ah, oh, right. It's if you search Killing, Killing Leprechauns, Leprechauns on BBC Sounds, you'll get it. Thanks Spotify, Acast. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Uh, 
I'm tempted to get... No, I won't. Uh, right, we'll... we'll uh, uh, I wanted me Hall Martin to do the cash machine. Maybe a bad idea. Here we go. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.